With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what up? I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. Well, let's, uh, let's get to starting college basketball discussions, right? And it's going to be a very, very interesting year where you have so many players in new places that as much as we'd like to say we know who's going to be good or who's not going to be good, I mean, even I've been doing this now for 21 years, and this is without any question the most difficult year to predict what's, what's going to happen because there's so many players that have transferred. And then, you know, we, we make this assessment that, well, a kid averages 15 a game in one place. He goes to a similar level. He's going to average. Like, we have no idea how the chemistry of that team works. You take Michigan State, for example. On paper, you bring back super talented veteran players. And granted, you know, you lose uh, your shot blocker inside. That's going to make you different. And you bring in an outstanding recruiting class. And you think, well, they have depth and they have talent. Now they have even more shooting and ball handling and athleticism. That looks great. But how, how does that all come together in terms of the chemistry? Because we know how the reality of how the sport works. If you're not happy now, <laughs> very early on, some guys will bail. Many will be thinking about the portal instead of thinking about winning a league title. And granted, Izzo is the best. So if there's one guy that can find a way to bridge the gap between the older players and the younger players, Tom Izzo's that guy. But it doesn't make it any easier. He's just really good at it. I bring that up because um, some teams are trying to do it differently. Pepperdine, for example, in the WCC has tried to build organically from within. Now, they do have Ethan Anderson, who's a two-time transfer. He started at, at USC, actually started for USC deep in the NCAA tournament when they made their Elite Eight run. And then he ends up at Wyoming last year. That was a disaster. Now he transfers to Pepperdine. And he'll play with a player named Houston Millette, who's tremendously talented and versatile, kind of a one-two-three score. And even though they lost Maxwell Lewis to the NBA draft, still a very talented team that, for the most part, Lorenzo Romar has tried to build from within. How does that work, right? You, you bring in a kid, Ethan Anderson, who played a ton at USC, thought he was going to start him at Wyoming, doesn't work out, doesn't even last the entire season. Now he's at Pepperdine. Is he all in? Is he a fit? Can they, win? Can they, can they get into the top two? Can they make it the top three in the West Coast Conference? I think these are great questions. More than anything, there's a guy who's simply enjoyable to be around. And we can, we can pick apart the fact that Washington sort of started to fall apart at the end of his run. Um, their best basketball that they've had consistently in Seattle was when Lorenzo Romar was the head coach. So thought you'd appreciate the fact I caught up with him at the WCC Media Day and kind of a short preview and some thoughts on how he's changed, how the game's evolved and how coaching has changed as well. Here's my conversation on All Ball with Lorenzo Romar. 
So, how do you like your team? I like the uh, prospects of our team. Doug, we're finally a little bit older. Last couple of years. Yeah, you keep losing guys to the NBA. You keep recruiting well, guys, and they, well, they go to yeah, the NBA. And we, we haven't. We haven't really dipped into the transfer portal. Yeah. We've kind of been going in-house, raising our kids, so to speak. And a couple of them left and went in the portal themselves. But for the most part, we're finally at a point where it's going to pay off, I believe. And we have a fifth-year senior point guard, Ethan Anderson. We usually play against those guys. Yeah, he played at SC. Yeah. Right? Finally, we have one ourselves. Yeah. And we have a little more experience. We're still... On the younger side, but much more experienced, so I like that. What, what is that like to have to like, re-recruit your own kids on a yearly basis? I would say you, you re-recruit them the entire year in terms of just day in and day out, Doug. It, we haven't had to really talk anyone into staying. There were, there were two that left, and they just left, right? We didn't try to talk them into it. If they want to leave, they want to leave. But the other is a guy like Houston Millett, who's, you know, all-conference caliber player. This is going into his third year, and he hadn't had much success as a team, but he's still with us. Uh, Javon Porter, who's an NBA guy, uh, he's back for another year. Uh, Malik Moore, who's going, you're going to see, made a, will make a big jump from last year to this year. He's back. So our guys have been pretty loyal. We haven't really had to sit down with them and say, look, please stay. Um, the league, which it used to be like three tiers, right? And it used to be, I felt like Gonzaga, St. Mary's, then kind of like BYU and maybe San Francisco for a couple years, and then the bottom. Now it feels like there's two, but the, everyone outside of St. Mary's and Gonzaga is a lot closer. Is that is that fair? I said that's totally accurate. I think you have to look at the work that Gonzaga obviously has done, but then St. Mary's as well. They're, they are a national level team in terms of who they can compete against year in and year out. But then the rest, I think, have uh, have closed the gap. And in this conference, I think everyone's capable of beating anyone. And it has happened before. So it's, uh, it's very competitive, and that's what you want in your conference. For you, is it still fun? I mean, you always, you're somebody that, in, in my dealings with you, you've always really enjoyed your interaction with the players, right, the game itself. But it does feel like there's a lot of people who've been around it as long as you have that are kind of soured on some of those aspects of it. What's it like for you? I've soured on some of the things when you talk about kids can leave whenever they want for any reason, and it's not basketball sometimes. It's, it's more like a professional situation where you're a free agent and you're going where you're going to get paid the most. That part is different, and it's just taking some adjustment too. But, it, Doug, it doesn't outweigh... The fact that what you just said, you get to work with these guys and you get to watch them grow. You get to be a part of maybe the most pivotal time in their lives to help mentor them in the game and away from the game. It's very rewarding and gratifying for me. It's something that if I wasn't getting paid to do it, I'd probably still be doing it with somebody. So I just I still enjoy it. What are you better at now than you used to be? Understanding the important things uh, that make you the best that you can be. Understanding what those is, what those are. I think before Doug, as younger, you tried to cover a lot of things. You tried to be good at everything. There's some that are good at everything, 
but there better be a few essentials, some core parts of this game that you're very good at. What, what do you what do you what do you believe you're best at? What you're, at your core? Well, ultimately, <laughs> I would like to think uh, putting players in a position to show their best side. I would say that you would be what play. it is. Yeah, almost to a fault, I think, sometimes. And what I've done, Doug, you know, me as a head coach, I always say we because it's a staff. But if I'm making the final decisions, I've probably let guys that were young give them too much freedom too early because they don't understand how to use that freedom. I think when they're older, they understand it, and then they have the ultimate freedom, the ultimate green light. Just uh, I probably err on the bad side of giving them too much freedom, and that's something that – of uh, I've learned. I think I'm better at that. I think I'm able to talk to kids more about what is a good shot, what's a bad shot, when you're over dribbling early, and why it makes a difference. Um, what about your your style as a coach? Really, kind of fit always with this era, even in a previous era, right? But have you found yourself evolving and changing in how you want to play offensively? No, not really. Uh, I still think we. We provide a structure, but you can go right or left within that structure. And it gives, again, it gives guys freedom. I would say when you asked me the question earlier about things that are different and what's really important, I think I've become more disciplined in those areas than I was when I was a younger coach, but yet still giving guys the freedom. how? How? More disciplined in what way? If you loaf... If you don't guard, you got to sit down. And before, you'd sit down a little bit maybe, but now, no, you really sit down. And you're going to hear about it. So I'm probably more disciplined in that regard. But you do it in a confrontational or non-confrontational way? Uh, In a very firm way. And it depends on how much you resist to where it can become more confrontational. But then there comes a point where there's no confrontation at all. It's just you look on the side and the guy says, I'm in for you. That's it. No yeah. confrontation. Right. There's no, you, don't, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> That's they right. They sit there and they mumble to themselves. Yeah, go, yeah they, go ahead over they, there, they, but, they, but you're out. They, they, they figure it out. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do you handle losing? Because... Not very well. Right, but again, you look back, and there were a couple years at UW, but not really where you'd lost, you know, and you guys would always be honestly better in the NCAA tournament than you would sometimes in the league, right? Make 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 runs and in the Pac-10 tournament. But you haven't, but when you take a program that was where it was when you got there, you're going to lose. For a guy who's won, and then, you know, you play guarantees at the start of the year, those are hard. How do you emotionally handle the losing that eventually leads to the winning? I, I probably handle it, it's tougher as a leader. Because the buck stops with you, sure, and everything. I don't care how much you get on someone about we didn't do that, or you always go back to yourself. What could I have done better? Uh, but at the same time, as a leader, you got to be the one to say tomorrow's a different day, and we got to continue to get better. And as a result of that, I'm not one to bury people. I'm, I'm trying to motivate them to find out how we can get better constantly and uh, you, you don't want to be totally condescending because you lose them. But it's not easy to lose. Uh, that's when more transfers start to happen. More parents are calling, wondering why they can't. Kids don't play more. All of that. Uh, uh, everyone has an answer. They can solve your issues. Just a whole plethora of issues come in. You mentioned Houston, obviously a really talented kid, right? Um, and even Ethan. Now, Ethan's won some when he was at SC, didn't win any when he was at Wyoming last year. But the, I, I think the hardest thing, especially when you have a group like you have, some of these kids that have been together, is that, that final step, which is winning those games. Now, you've won a national championship. You've been a part of all these NCAA tournament teams, Sweet 16 teams. How do you teach them to win the games that the last couple years, you've been close, but you've lost? Continue to teach the things we've been teaching. Continue to teach those things. These are the essentials. These are the non-negotiables, and we're going to stick with those, and then you got to win one. What are your non-negotiables? Again, you're going to play hard, bottom line. You're going to play hard. Uh, you're going to share the ball. Uh, if you do those things, then somehow you got to win one. sounds so easy, like, ah, oh, play hard, yeah, share the ball. Everyone doesn't do it. Yeah. And you're talking about in this day and age, especially people want to get to the NBA as soon as possible. They select their schools based on what, where can I get the most NIL money and where can I get to the NBA as quickly as I can. So if that's their mindset coming in, you got to get them to play as a team. So, you know, that's difficult to do. But once all of that starts to happen, then you got to win one and then you got to win two and then there's buy-in. People will forget, you mentioned at the University of Washington, we took the program over because they weren't winning and in our first year we didn't win and then we started conference our second year Doug, we were 0-5. Didn't look like we were going anywhere and then we won one. Then we won two and then we ended up going to the tournament and then we didn't look back. So you just got to get over the hump keep doing things the right way and then you win one and then you start to believe it. Um, Last thing, 
it, it's a long year, right? Like you got the 45 day, dude's been practicing a while. How do you manage how much you want to get in their bodies with the fact that they all have, whether it's diagnosed or not, some form of ADD where they can't, they, they can't focus for long. Yeah. Like, what, what are you like in terms of grinding them in practice now and as it, as it progresses into the season? C- continue to continue to explain why you're doing something. Why is this so important? They want to know the why, don't yeah, they? Yeah, right. When they know the why, this is the difference in winning and losing a, a three-point game. And, and if we don't get this down, it's not going to happen. You mentioned Houston. Houston, what happened when we were at BYU and we had the game won? Coach, the same thing. We didn't box out. This didn't happen. So we'll show you. You continue to point those things out day in and day out and don't look at the big picture at that time with them just look at that next day and try to explain why that day why that drill is so important next thing you look up a month has gone by and you're ready to start playing a little bit what's the ceiling for this team i think uh when everyone's healthy which we are right aren't right now if we can get healthy and we can embrace that that system and win a couple and, and believe it i think we could we could have a chance to play uh, postseason basketball. Well, look, I want to catch up again. I want to go to the deep dive into all the history stuff. All right. Chance. But in the meantime, it's always great to catch up again. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. All right, that's it for this edition of All Ball. A reminder, the Doug Gottlieb Show is daily, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific, on your iHeartRadio app or Fox Sports Radio or FoxSportsRadio.com. Stay tuned. we got so many more great uh, all, all, all balls to come. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.